Yo, what's going on, you guys? What's up? It's me, it's your buddy, it's your boy, it's your pal, it's that good friend of yours, John Omilo, back at it again with another episode of the Cry Baby Sleep Podcast. As always, thank you guys all so much for coming around and checking out this content. From the bottom of my heart, thank you guys all so much, man. It really honestly means a lot to me, as you know, the show keeps doing doing what it's doing. So, <laughs> so um, you know, I just I just wanted to take a minute and just say thanks to you guys. I really honestly appreciate it, you know, and I hope you enjoy, you know, today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the content and I'll catch you guys all after the bump. Right. Peace. So most of the time I usually uh, most of the stories I usually cover, you know, since I am American, I usually have most of my stories uh, focus more on um Police accountability and um, the violence at the hands of um, these police officers uh, across the nation, and then African American uh, context and African American sense. But um, I no longer live in the United States. I live in uh, Sydney, Australia, and uh, this story is um, one that over over the last uh, week or so, um, uh, leading into this recording. There's been, um, you know, there's been protests. There's been, uh, there's been some marches and things, and you know, um, it, it seems like the, the the community is just, you know, from what I can understand, has just been like just completely just like shattered by this by this news, and um, it, it just comes on the back of just like so many other stories that you that I hear and that I um, try to share with folks on my social media. On uh, at this point, like a you know, like a daily, by daily, uh, by daily basis, and you know, I, I before I head into this thing and I kind of like pick the story apart, um, I have just seen so much just just disgusting rhetoric on on social media about this, uh, you know, the shooting. I've seen, you know, it, it, it's just it's not. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll say this: it's not surprising. You know, number one, it's not surprising whatsoever. It definitely is not it's something that people should and you continue to be shocked by you know, the actions of the police or you know the uh, response on social media this is just like you know this is just a uh, part and parcel for the world that we uh that we're in today you know this is uh the way that people see you know the the death of a mother this is the way that people see uh the death of someone who was uh, battling uh, mental illness this is what people see when um someone is battling um you know um issues with the incarceration system you know and you know you you'll hear the you know the these these nasty hot takes and you'll hear all this garbage just like fly around from people and you know uh, i i went around you know i i had a i had a few snoops at like what people were saying and uh you know it, like i said it, it's very you know what i mean um it's just a lot of People saying like, oh, you know, uh, this was this is justified, you know, and, and, and et cetera, and so on. But um, I'm getting ahead. Of, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm talking about these uh, these virulent racist people <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and their garbage logic. You know, I've already gone uh, way too far into this. So let's go ahead and let's just jump into the story. It comes to us from the Western Australian and. Yeah, this was written on uh, September the 18th, 2019. Geraldton police shooting officer who shot Joyce Clark on immediate leave. So, yeah, that's that's where we are with with that whole thing. Yeah, you'll you'll see you you know, for, for, for folks that know and follow these sorts of stories, you'll see a lot of similar markers here. So let's just go ahead. Let's just jump into it. 
the first class constable from Geraldton who fatally shot 29 year old George Clark in the stomach Tuesday evening has taken immediate leave. Police have confirmed they were providing support to the officer who said um, was under a lot of stress. Regional um, Western Australian commander Alan Morton flew to Geraldton on Wednesday to address the media while a hundred strong group of people outside Geraldton police station protested. He said WA police were offering support and condolences to Ms. Clark's family, as well as liaising with Aboriginal leaders and the wider community, which I mean, this is I don't even want to get too far and say too many nasty things. But, you know, this is this is always like. This is behind the ball, always. You know, it's constantly behind the ball or it's like if you knew that these sorts of things were going on in people's communities, you knew this was happening in, in families. And from what I've seen um, online and from the other stories, it seems like a uh, Geraldton, the, the city is like, um, and this is like a quote from another article where it says it's like a close, tight knit community. So these officers, it can't be that many of them. You know what I'm saying? Like in this Geraldton police station working on, you know, these cases that, you know, directly involve this community. So, you know, why is it that, you know, you decided to liaise with people now if you knew that this stuff was coming around and you knew that these sorts of problems were coming down the pipe with people? Right. You know, I, I thought your whole thing was to protect people. I thought protection comes at the behest of like foresight. But, you know, no, it, it comes when, you know, the, the the group of protesters is standing in front of your police station. That's, you know, that's when the alarms are raised, you know, now. It's just disgusting. It's that 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 sort of thing. It's like it, it just deeply bothers me. He said WA police were offering support and condolences to Miss Clark's family. Yeah, uh, far that goes. As well as liaising with Aboriginal leaders in the wider community, Commander Borton said police were talking to a number of witnesses to Tuesday's fatal shooting, as well as reviewing physical evidence. Yeah. So with this whole thing with the physical uh, physical evidence, uh, um, I, I guess they had collected like a, a number of witnesses, you know, and everybody said that she was out there standing with a knife and that um, here, her family, Joyce's family had um, called the police because she was like um, having some sort of uh, episode out on the street that day. And because of it, that's like one of the, you know, one of the reasons that, um, but you know, that, that led to her shooting. But, you know, again, you know, we, we see this sort of stuff happening all the time. We see this double standard all of the time where it's like, you know, somebody is like in the midst of an episode, like, you know, especially, you know, from, from where I'm from in the United States, you, you see all sorts of things like that. You see all sorts of stories like this, you know, so this is not, you know, this is not anything that I'm going to take a back seat on and be like, oh, you know, these, these officers or whatever have you are do, uh, doing the best they, they can. That's, that's a lie. That's total baloney. You see cases all the time where it's like, you know, I saw a case recently where it was like a man was, um, he, it was like a triple homicide. He like killed the daughter and he killed the wife and then he came out of his house. He was completely nude. He choked a man in a parking lot. You know, there was no taser, no capsicum spray, nothing. And then here in Sydney, there was that man who, um, in the business district had stabbed a woman. You know, like in a, like a busy business district. And then, you know, same deal. It, it, I think it was like it ended up just being two people off the street ended up detaining him. But yeah, no pepper spray, no, you know, no uh, tasers, no batons, no anything. Right. And then here we go. Like I said, there's here's the double standard. Here it is right here. Right. You approach this woman. There's two police cars after, you know, the emergency call. Right. She, she has this knife in her hands. 
we don't we don't even have a description or our understanding of why she was standing there with the knife in her hand. She was just out there with a knife in her hand. I was talking to my girlfriend about this um, probably like four or five nights ago where it's like, say I were to come out on my front patio, I just got done cutting a cake and then somebody sees me. You know what I mean? And call the police. Am I, you know what I mean? Am I brandishing this knife for, you know, these other purposes and so on? There was no call of emergency. Like, oh, she had, you know, you know what I mean? She had threatened someone with the knife or anything. None of that has come out. So, you know, as far as this whole thing and this logic around her, like holding the knife and everything, I call baloney. I call BS on the whole thing. You know what I mean? Because like I said, you see this double standard, you see these people, you know, um, committing these violent offenses right and then just the provocation just the uh, idea that you know like uh you know a, a person of color right quote unquote could you know could possibly could possibly that could possibly be on their mind um it, you know what i mean it just turns around and it's just oh you know we just zero tolerance you got to take them down you know what i mean it's absolute baloney it's it's dog crap and i don't believe any of it he would not confirm earlier reports that miss clark brandished a knife or would not confirm how many police were involved or whether they were wearing body cameras. Now, yeah, this is the other thing, too, because now this whole thing is like set up to just like hearsay. And then, like I was saying that this officer, he's like placed on, you know, leave. He, he left immediately, you know, and I'm not completely up to date. And um, I don't know all the ins and outs of, you know, the the laws as far as like, you know, these sorts of things when it comes to police officers are concerned, you know, but I, I just find the whole thing of him like being like rushed to immediate leave and all this, you know, no, no statements, no, no anything. We don't even know this officer's name, anything. I find that all very concerning, you know, because it's like what other officers does this person work with that? Like, you know, what what kind of knowledge do they share with one another? You know, did they have issues with like, you know, people of other ethnicities or other races? What is their social media accounts? What does that sort of stuff reflect? And so on. We don't have those sorts of conversations. Nobody's really um, bringing this up. This is all just like a face value just given to us by, you know, by, by larger media sources. And I find that whole thing very, very concerning. The other thing that, um, uh, that has come out recently um, dealing with this case is this whole issue of uh, the gelatin police and uh, the body cameras not being worn. So now it's like being fast tracked that they'll have these body cameras. But again, we also know that with these body cameras, okay, that 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 leaves actually honestly like little to no that that shouldn't let anybody sleep at night. You know what I mean? To be like, oh, great. Now they wear cameras great you know what i mean that's that that's my reaction to the whole thing you know what i'm saying where like you know what i mean like we we see every day in the united states like you know we watch the body cam footage and it's like abject like you know horrific you know cases that like become these people and, and this is not just like you know this is not just like an african-american context this is like you know you can think about all sorts of other um ethnicities that that, that have these sort of problems with police and you know what I mean? The, the, the body cameras, that's not really gonna, that's not really gonna fix anything. You know what I mean? So let's go ahead. Let's move on earlier at a protest in front of Geraldton police station, Gerald, Geraldton regional um, Aboriginal medical service chair, Sandy Davies, that police told him and Miss Clark, Miss Clark's family in a private three hour meeting that no body cameras were used. Commander Borden described the situation as a, quote, critical incident involving police, end quote, because there's this whole thing in Australia. I just want to I just want to go ahead and I just want to put this caveat in. There's this whole thing of um, there's like this uh, giant um, network of uh, cases and 
families and just injustice um, at the hands of police. And it's called um, a black death in custody. OK, so here, here's the thing. Right. Because, you know, this is this is like why this language is just so pertinent to this entire thing, because they're calling it a critical incident involving police. Joyce Clark was not in police custody. That's that's the rub, you know, where I like I was saying again, uh, this although just the disgusting uh, rhetoric that I saw on Twitter surrounding this entire thing. Well, she wasn't even in police custody. He had just approached her. You know what I mean? So like within a matter of seconds to minutes, he has made this distinction that this is how you needed to engage this person. Right. So it's a, a critical incident involving police. It's disgusting. You know what I mean? There, there was no there was no attempt to arrest none of this stuff. And like I said, this guy is on immediate leave. So everything is just coming from a top down source. We'll never hear from him. And, you know, I shudder. I shudder to think what's going to happen when it actually comes down to, you know, like court cases and actually trying to see seek justice in this case. Um, and said a full, thorough, empathetic and transparent investigation will be carried out by the major crime division. Again, full stop. If you want an uh, empathetic, transparent investigation into the death of Joyce Clark, the number one thing is it has to be led by the citizens. You know, I'm sure I'm more than 100 percent sure. Right. If, you know, the the citizens of Geraldton can get the the funds together. Right. To um, help with the uh, funeral services and the funeral costs for uh, Joyce Clark's passing. Right. I'm I'm more than two thousand percent positive. OK, that. The people of Geraldton could find, you know, an adequate coroner, um, examiner and. um expeditiously you know uh, along with these you know these uh, this uh, major crime division right um launch their own investigation because you're going to see two different tales of the tape right there everybody knows that's like what's going on because you'll see you'll see here it, it, it happens time and time and time again when police officers they decide to um you know, brandish a firearm right they're never seen as someone who had could have possibly been considered or an iota of a second of any any amount of guilt. This happens repeatedly. You know, we we see it all the time. We've seen we've seen it in um, you know, in, in New York with the police department. You know, finally, finally after years firing Danny Pantaleo, we're seeing it again now with a uh, Amber um, Amber Giver who um, shot Botham Jean in his apartment. Um, in, in Texas, and this was like last year or the year before, and we, we see, you know, or, or again, in the case of Flando Castile or um, Eric Garner or the uh, case of Tamir Rice or, the, you know, the shooting of John Crawford and on and on and on. These police approach. These people aren't even in custody. There's struggles. There's just all these assumptions and um, accusations made against the person. And guess what? They're gone. They can't speak. Right. So these people have to speak in in their place for them. Right. But then these police officers who end up brandishing these firearms. Right. They have this entire multi-tiered, highly funded. OK. Um, institutions and systems that will, you know what I mean, go ahead and then just like pathologize the victim and then just turn around and then immediately just go, oh, well, he, he didn't mean it. That's not what he wanted. That's not what he did. It, OK, so if that's the case, right, why did you shoot her? If that's not who she was, if that's not who you were, why why make the decision of brandishing a firearm? 
this is the sort of questions that need to be asked. There needs to be like a deep, like deep psychological um, investigation into these officers. Just like I was saying previously, like, what is his network of people? What did he post on social media? What did he think? You know what I mean? What was his political alignment? And so on, man. There needs to be a deep seated look into this person who ended up taking Joyce Clark's life and anything not even to the, the line Okay, of what these are, that's just like a handful of claims. You know, this is just a handful of orders. But anything up until that line, if it, if it does, if it's not Matt, Matt, it's an injustice. It's a carriage of injustice. You know, so it's this is go ahead. Let's just keep moving forward. When asked whether Miss Clark was known to police, Commander Morton said Geraldton was a here we go a close, tight knit community. He said he understood people wanted to know why Miss Clark was not met with a non-lethal force such as a taser. Now, this is the other thing that I've been noticing a lot um, with the other articles and the the other media and stuff surrounding this case, where it was like the you know the family and other people are you know that are that are involved in this and the the groups and everything that are trying to support them. The, the the one main talking point that everybody keeps bringing up, and this is my personal opinion getting ready to speak right now, was, you know, why was she not met with non-lethal force such as a taser, right? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say this right now. All you have to do is just open up a tab on YouTube and just type in police death taser. Don't wish that. <laughs> Don't wish that on your family members, your friends, people on the street, period. They, you can be killed with a taser. This is the thing that, uh, again, I was, ta- I was speaking to my girlfriend about this not too long ago. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that um, these police officers, they're trained in like lethal, like lethal force. You know what I mean? Where it's like we I don't know why we just completely just like erase this whole aspect of their training repeatedly. Where, you know, they're, they're, tra- they're taught how to apply pressure. They're taught how to, you know what I mean, um, dislocate, you know, <laughs> muscle from bone and so on. Right. So, you know, if you put a taser, which is supposed to be, quote unquote, non-lethal. Right. But then they continue to kill people with the tasers. Right. That should tell you everything that you need to know. Don't you know what I mean? Don't side with this like, oh, she would have had a better chance and so on when you know what I mean? We see it. We see it constantly. We see it repeatedly. Just like I said, again, just type in police death taser into YouTube and you'll see pages and pages and pages of police deaths with these quote unquote non lethal force weaponry. Right. They have so much hardware. And I'm telling you guys, man, don't ever back away from this idea. They can get you with the taser. Right. They will they will they will bring a quick, quick demise with this thing. So don't turn it into this. Oh, why? Why is this? Why did he decide to use the gun as opposed to the taser? This is why I'm saying, what is up with this person's mind, right? Because irregardless of the taser, this person, he he had it on his mind. You know what I mean? This, I'm not saying that it was premeditated, but he had an inclination to harm people. And it, it could have been a baton. You know what I mean? It could have been a tree branch. It doesn't matter. So don't. Don't capitulate to this horrible idea of non-lethal force with the taser. I just wanted, like I said, personal opinion getting, you know, speaking right there. So I just, I just wanted to get that out. But let's go ahead. Let's just move forward. I can expect that the question 
everybody wants answered right now. And I could tell you that will be one of the main areas of investigation by the major crime division. Again, you know, I don't have any faith in this investigation. I have gone to uh, a handful of inquests now, right? I have seen um, these coronial inquiries here in Australia. I don't have any faith in that being of some main focus of an investigation by a major crimes division. I don't. I see them coming and, you know, um, demonizing Joyce Clark, turning her into this person. I've already seen articles like this, too, where like she battled demons in, 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 in this and whatnot. I see that coming on the horizon for the Clark family, right? I see them coming and going, oh, well, you know, the, this officer, he's not, you know, all the problems are going to, basically all the problems are going to end up in Joyce's lap. That's what's going to happen with this major area of investigation by the major, by this crime division. That's what's going to happen. I, I'll put it down on you right now. We can take a bet. You can call me up and we can see, we can set the price. Like this is exactly, this is exactly the tone of this case, right? This is what's going to happen. You know, this, this, we, I've seen it too many times. I've seen it too many times where they go through and they completely shred this family's life. They shred this person's life, right? They atomize this person to, you know, just completely just obliterate everything that had ever made them, their friendships, their relationships, their love, their family, their children, and they take it and they atomize it, they shred it all, and then they turn you into the problem. You were the one that, you know, you didn't, you know, you didn't take the order. You didn't do this. You didn't sow that. And, and, and so on. And then they'll turn it into this thing where the police officer, right. Or the um, apparatus that was involved was never guilty of anything whatsoever. Right. They'll find every loophole. They find every sub clause. They, they find every penal code they possibly can. And then they'll just dust it all up. Like nothing was wrong. That's what they do every single time. So I do not believe for an iota of one millisecond that this investigation is going to have some centering on why he did or didn't use the taser. If it is, it's going to be it's going to be nominal and it's going to be ineffective. But let's go ahead. Let's move on. Miss Clark died in Jelton Hospital Tuesday evening after being fatally shot and in Petrel Street about 6.15 p.m. This was the other thing that I've seen. If people want to have a look at this on social media. I saw a few people talking about this as well, where um, your standard emergency um, ambulance um, arrival should be anywhere from like six to eight minutes. And it took them upwards of like 25 minutes to a half an hour to arrive on the scene. So, again, you just see this constant failure of the system in place here. You, you just see it over and over and over and over and over again. If someone's on the street, you just you just shop them. You, it should be like it. Personal opinion speaking, it should be an immediate call to action. You know what I mean? And again, like this, this is the thing that bothers me so much about what you know, what I was seeing on social media. Where it was just so many just horrible, just just virulent, just abhorrent ideas, just like this just knocking back and forth about this whole thing. So, you know, so one, this police officer, right, is supposed to be, you know, free for his life and so on. Two, you know, um, Joyce Clark is supposed to be this person who was like, you know, this, you know, this person that had uh, demons and like had all these other issues and stuff, right? But then we're going to turn around and 
you know, like I said, the police officer that ended up shooting him, they, there, there's not going to be any psychological back, background checks or anything like this in this person. And it's all going to be set up on Joyce. But then we come down to the actual moment when Joyce was shot and no one is going to have questions there. No one is going to have, you know, serious, hard hitting statements about what happened, because if they do, that is a that is a remission of guilt. And they can't have that sort of thing. Right. This this system, the Geraldton police. Right. The, you know, the state of W.A. and all the apparatuses that protect them. There is not going to be a instant where they turn around and they go, oh, you know what? Let us like step to the table and let's actually bring some redress. Let's actually bring something that's going to, you know, help and heal this situation that we've caused. You won't see that. You won't see them talk about that moment and be like, oh, man, there's just so many chips that we ended up dropping as the Geraldton police. You will not see that coming, man. And you, you see it. You see it plain as day and the amount of time that it took for them to bring assistance to Joyce. You see it right there. You see it right there. Police were responding to a call about a, quote, disturbance at the time of the shooting. Ms. Clark's family say a relative originally contacted police because they had concerns for Ms. Clark's welfare. Uh, again, let's, you know, let's put a pause there. If you guys want to go and have a hunt around on social media and, uh, you know, there, there's all sorts of different um, um, pamphlets and images and PDFs. And there, there's a lot of information out there on if you know, you have people that are um, in distress or they're having emotional disturbances or there's something that's happening within your community or within your neighborhood. Right. People have been pushing back in, in Canada and the United States. And I'm sure that um, other nations as well as well have um, been kind of pushing towards the same ideas where it's like we can we should start trying to solve some of these issues amongst our community. You know, and um, like I said, I, I wish that I had some of the um, uh, information available. But right. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I've seen a few. As uh, as of late, one especially for that was from an indigenous group in uh, Canada, where um, uh, we're like same deal. They like they give like a list of things that um, can be happen to de-escalate and uh, mediate these sorts of issues within your community. So I'm not trying to turn this into a thing where um, with the Clark family, where it's like, oh, you know, I'm wagging my finger or something like this about contacting the police. I'm just making this um, this statement right now as like a point of awareness or folks to to know that there is alternatives and some of these things actually help so don't turn this into a thing where it's like oh you know well what are we going to do i've seen i saw that a lot too where it's like oh um we're ooh, we're going to live in a world without police i'm like well yeah that's actually the goal you know <laughs> to, to live in a world without you know police and without prisons and to think that like locking people up and beating them and tasing them and all this stuff isn't really a, a solution and it never has really honestly brought about um, anything reparative. And most of the time it barely, if ever brings about justice. So, you know, there, there's, there's alternatives out there for people and um, hopefully, you know, some, somebody uh, uh, will be able to find a, a stronger resource um, for folks. And then maybe there'll be a discussion around that uh, soon. Uh, Mr. Davies, who knows uh, the family personally, said a relative called authorities for help getting Miss Clark to a hospital and is now inconsolable. Miss Clark was said to have been in and out of prison. Here we go again. This is what I was just saying a moment ago. There is another 
article where it's talking about like, oh, Miss Clark had battle with these demons, right? And we're gonna turn it into something that is literally just this is a handful of words in and out of prison. This that that uh, that incomplete sentence right there should be like the light bulb that goes off in everyone's mind, right? We should know by now that prisons are these places that like need deep, deep seated reform, right? You know, um, these are places where people uh, end up becoming, they, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a scene of deep trauma. Pardon me. It's a scene of deep, deep trauma for these people to go into these prisons, to go to jail, to be arrested, to be confined, to, you know, have your freedom and your like your personality and yourself stripped from you for however long it damages people in an irreconcilable way. And if someone has issues with trauma or some other, you know, some other problems in their past. Right. And then you end up locking them up. It just exacerbates the problem. Everybody should know this by now. And so they're going to turn it into this thing where it's like, oh, you know, oh, she was uh, she was already in the revolving door of the prison system. And it's just a matter. It's just a roll of the dice because she was playing with her own life. You see what I'm saying? That's how easy it will be for um, these people um, to capitulate to these horrible ideas as opposed to bringing redress and bringing justice. It, it's written right there in this story in and out of prison. But. Like I said, what do I what do I know? Right. Let's go ahead. Let's move on. Most of her life had only days ago returned to Geraldton after she was hospitalized in Perth to address a mental health incident. On Wednesday afternoon, protesters, including Mr. Davies, demanded immediate state action on developing better access to mental health care in the criminal justice system. Um, I agree. I, I totally agree with Mr. Davies here, man. I, I can't even, you know, because I'm five times removed from this thing. And just to even just like read about this and to see what's been going on on social media, I kind of felt like I needed to just have like a little bit more of a drive and then come back to the podcast and say something about this. You know, that was like long standing that people could like interact with a, a, on, on a different level. And I totally agree. Mental health, as far as like the criminal justice system is concerned, is like a sidebar of a sidebar. You really think that that's like what these officers are like worried about. Right. And then again, you know, like if we're talking about like racial, because this is like the this is like the smashing of the two problems right here. Right. Where it's like the stigmas. Right. And um, the stereotyping of people who have uh, mental health issues. Right. And then the stigmas and the stereotypes of of black people and Australia. Those were the two that ended up taking Joyce's life. Right. So. I totally agree with Mr. Davies here. Right. That. um there needs to be some sort of development. There needs to be some sort of reform around um, the criminal justice system, prisons and um, these officers on the street. Right. And understanding and being more aware of when people are having mental health issues or they're in duress or, you know what I mean? They're having withdrawals or they, you know, they have issues with addiction and so on. Right. Because, you know, they can make those, they can make those sort of assumptions when it comes to arrests. They can, you know, they can, um, 
they can talk to you on the street and find out whether or not like you're intoxicated right they can do these drug tests and stuff like that well then why aren't they riding around with people that can give psychological checks to people you know what i'm saying why don't they just you know if they see somebody in the midst of an episode right why isn't one of the main calls on your shortwave radio to a car that has someone that like you know what i mean deals with these sorts of problems because Let's be 200 percent honest about it. You can't you can't be stone cold, cold blooded killing machine is tactical, non lethal wizard. And like, you know what I mean? Be able to make these assessments about people's psychological. And that's it. That's the one we're going to call it. That is another episode of the podcast in the bag. You know, as you know, as things keep moving on and as the show keeps growing, you know, I just again, I just want to say you get, you know, to you guys, just you know, thank you guys all so much for coming on this journey with me. I really honestly appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I I hope that we all come away from this thing just just a little bit better and stronger for the wear. You know what I'm saying? And again, just, you know, just just thank you guys. I really honestly appreciate it, man. I really honestly do. And I'll catch you guys on the flip side, right? Peace. 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 Peace.